How's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Arana's Wars Podcast. My name is Abby Lopez. I hope you guys are safe and healthy and are spending time with your families and are practicing social distancing, keeping good hygiene, and are just in good spirits and good state of mind. And I hope this podcast helps you stay positive and inspires you to just keep running, keep going out there because of the love of the sport. But today I have Zach Levitt on the podcast and I'm so honored and excited to have him on the podcast to bring you him out and have him talk on the podcast for you guys to listen. I'm sure many of you guys know him. He is a YouTuber, um, a running YouTuber, and he ran at the College of William & Mary for a year. He has a PR in the 5K on the track, 1446, and what he just ran in the marathon uh, at California International Marathon, CIM, is 225.57. So, very solid times, very great runner, and we just talk about his experience and the College of Women and Mary, his high school running experience, his YouTube channel, how that came to be, his uh, experience traveling to the West Coast in, by living in his van and training for the marathon for CIM in Colorado and Utah, and just so much more how he's been dealing with coronavirus, COVID-19, and I'm just excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. It's a little bit of a longer one, but um, hope you guys can listen to this while you guys are running, cleaning, doing whatever. Just sit back, enjoy, or continue to run <laughs> and enjoy. And uh, thanks for guys for listening. Don't forget to leave a uh, rating and review on Apple Podcast. And without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to uh, Runner's Voice Podcast, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I have a special guest on the pod today, and it is Zach Lovett. Uh, what are you, like at 80,000 subscribers on YouTube? He's yeah, YouTuber. I'm right about 80,000. Yeah, it's crazy. You're like one of the most popular uh, YouTubers in running, probably. So, But anyway, if people don't know you, um, what would you like? How did you introduce yourself a little bit? I think, like, my classic introduction is that I went to college for one year at the College of William & Mary and ran D1 there. And after my first year, I decided to drop out of college because I didn't enjoy it too much. And my YouTube channel that I had started right before college started taking off. And it was really exciting because, like, this little YouTube channel that I made the summer before going into college to just kind of document my college running career, I turned into something that was, like, becoming what looked like a job and I was super excited about that and also you know the NCAA was holding me back from making money on my channel and so I dropped out and started making money on my channel and that same week that I dropped out I bought a van and started building it out with my friend Jake and a bunch of my other friends but primarily my friend Jake and my dad um, and then basically I drove across the country and was training trying to qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon and bumped into a lot of cool people like the guys at Tim Man and some other people um, across the country. Um, you guys would just primarily know the Tim Man guys, but I made a lot of friends that were really incredible on that journey. And I ran my marathon and then, yeah, and then now I'm here and I've been doing a bunch of other fun things and making a lot of videos documenting my running career. Yeah, definitely. And you were making some awesome videos. I've been following you since, I can remember the exact day too. I remember I was just doing my homework. It was, like, yeah. late at night, and uh, I was, like, I always put on YouTube, like, music, and then I get suggestions, and I saw, like, 
I think it was a draw my it was my running story. It was like one of your Yeah, yeah, the draw my life one. Yeah, draw your life. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. I clicked on it. It was like I think October, maybe even September of twenty eighteen. And then yeah. I saw the video. I was like, Wow, this is really cool. I subscribe immediately. Ever since then <laughs> I followed your your journey. So pretty much Thank it, you. Yeah. I've been That's in, so cool. Yeah, it's like awesome the way you've uh the the journey that you've been through, seeing everything that you've been through. Um, but like before you even started like YouTube before that started like what was your like uh reason that you started running um I think like I just was always good at it like when I was on the playground as a kid in elementary school like you know you'd, you'd race your friends around the track and all that stuff and I'd always like win those races like I was always like trying to be the best and always like trying to win those and like when the pacer test came around like you know I was I was getting the highest score in my class and I was always like pretty good at it and showed like some natural aptitude and so like having my dad run in college and high school and my sister run in high school it was like I guess I'll do that (laughs) no like it wasn't like I just defaulted to it because I did try a bunch of different sports but it just was like really fun and like when I started to get into middle school track it like started to get extra fun and a lot of my friends were doing it and it just became like this really good thing that kind of felt like I always was meant to do but also like really chose to do at some point because I realized like, you know, when I was like 70 pounds and in seventh grade on the like um, uh, middle school football team, I was like, I, I don't think I fit in when I'm getting hit by like guys that are like 200 pounds, like 5'10", and I'm like, like 5'5", five, five, like 130. <laughs> like, or like, I mean, it just, it just never, it never really clicked for me. It was the right sport for my body type. And, you know, I think I finally came around to it and really fell in love with the sport. And especially, like, getting into high school running, my team was, like, always super good. And it was always so fun because we had, like, such a good atmosphere on the team. And, like, you know, I really just, like, fell in love with the sport. And, like, high school was a time where, like, um, I know for a lot of runners, it's, like, where you get into it. But for me, it was a time where it, like, solidified my love for it. And, like, whenever I come back home, honestly, it's really great because it reminds me of all the high school times. And so, like, it kind of reminds me of my love for running at the most pure form yeah but yeah exactly that's, kind of I got into. that's so cool and like i saw one of your videos when you're living like a day in life like mo Faro. um mo yeah Faro. <laughs> um <laughs> you're like driving your car and then you're like oh that's like the old high school and everything like i i feel that kind of like happening now for me as yeah like i'm about to graduate hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully we get a ceremony but i i'm gonna graduate either way but like like i feel it happening like kind of like flashing back to like you know moments in high school which is like crazy and like i, I understand that like like that's where your roots are basically yeah definitely as your like uh career and i guess like high school days come to an end like it, it becomes so nostalgic because your high school career is like something that only happens once and that's like obvious but also, you know, you forget it in the moment. Like, there's just only four cross-country seasons that you get in high school. And, like, it's so important to just, like, love those. Because, like, I feel like every cross-country season, I made a note in my mind. Like, you know, like, this is one of four. Like, this is two of four. This is, I was like, wow. Like, this is, like, kind of, like, a rare experience, you know? Like, I'm never going to get these back. And, like, you really do miss those days. Like, I feel like they, they come around and, like, you really start to realize how much you miss them when like cross country comes around and like 
even in college, it's just not the exact same as like your high school team going to States and all that. So like, it's just a different atmosphere. And, you know, I think like, there's a lot to miss about it. Yeah, it's way, on top of that, it's like way harder to get to, to nationals as a college runner because that's nationals, that's like the whole country competing. Exactly, exactly. It's much less than just like your state meet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's or much harder to say. Yeah, and like yeah. there's money involved. It's just a different atmosphere. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, there's way more pressure to like perform. Like in high school, like you want to do well. But in college, you have to do well. <laughs> so it's, like, a little bit less comforting in that way. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you <laughs> a lot more pressure, but. Definitely. With your YouTube channel, like, you had it while you are in college. Um, but you, I've heard your story so many times. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for people. I want you to tell the story. But, like, I know you, I've heard you had a few times had, like, YouTube channels about technology when you were, like, a small younger kid how how was like that kind of like built foundation for this like, youtube channel yeah wow you've done your research <laughs> i love that um i basically kind of like got into filmmaking when i was like really young because for some reason all my friends were like really interesting people like that were doing super cool things so when i was like 10 years old or 12 years old that area like one of my friends had like a MacBook Pro at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And like, he also had like an iPod Touch. And I was like, whoa, what is that? And then my other friend had an iPod Touch and like some Windows computer. And like, they're both like separately, separate friends, like way different parts of my life, but they're both like making videos and playing around with technology. And it was like so interesting to me because like when the iPod Touch fourth generation was around, it was like, it wasn't a time when everybody had I- iPhones. Like it was like, especially in middle school, like you'd have a slide phone and you'd have an iPod touch. Like that's kind of what it was like. Um, And like even the adults like really didn't have iPhones too much at the time. And so like it was really the coming of age of like smartphones with really good cameras and all this stuff. And so like I kind of got into filmmaking through my friends because they were like, dude, you can like record these videos and then you can edit them. And it looks really cool and stuff. And it just became really interesting to me. And I started like making these videos about technology because when I watched YouTube at the time, all I watched was technology videos because I like, I love technology. Like, like one thing a lot of people don't know about me is that like, I am the biggest like tech nerd. Like I've definitely toned it back because like, I just don't have time to completely like spend hours a day watching videos about the newest smartphone. But honestly, like four years ago, if you asked me like, like about any smartphone, I probably could have told you like it's specs and all this stuff. And so, like, I was this huge tech nerd, and I just love technology, and, like, the idea of making videos for YouTube was so cool, because it's, like, YouTube, like, that's just, like, the platform, it's, like, the place, like, it's where I'd always watch videos, and so, (laughs) yeah, and so, like, I had a little bit of technology, like, I had my iPod Touch, I had cases for my iPod Touch, and back in the day, like, case reviews were huge, like, it sounds so silly, like, these days, like, MKBHD, Marquez Brownlee, like one of the biggest tech YouTubers, is making videos about smartphones, about cool tech stuff. But like back in the day, people were making videos about cases. Like there are just so many case reviews and all this stuff. Like, like accessories were so big. And so I was like, okay, like accessories are cheap and I have some of them. So like, let me make videos about them. I started doing that and started making videos about other things. And they were really, really bad. But like, they taught me a lot about making videos. And 
it was really cool because actually back then I started getting free product. Like one of my friends, my other friend, uh, that one of my friends that showed me technology, I guess, to some degree, my friend Brock, he actually also had a YouTube channel at the time. So we both had YouTube channels and we both had like hundred subscribers, which was really, 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 really exciting at the time. He maybe had like 150 and I had like hundred. And basically he started emailing companies to get free products. And we would just be emailing the most like obscure companies, companies you'll never, ever, ever, ever hear of. Like you'll never, you'll never know these companies. And we would just hit them up and have this like default email that we like wrote up together. And it, it was, it was great because every now and then, like after like maybe 10 emails, one company, one really small company would email back and be like, yeah, we'd love to work with you. What would you like to review? And then we would pick like one of their like $5 items on the website because they probably just had a bunch of like, like infinite, like $5 items shipped straight from China. Um, and so we'd pick some of those and they would send them to us and then we would just make a video about it. And it was like the most exciting thing to get free things in the mail. And like, that was like really exciting and just like a huge thrill. And then basically, yeah, that was like, that was, that was what happened. And then I started making videos more and then eventually I just stopped for some reason. I don't really know why, but I like just stopped making those YouTube videos, which was really sad. Um, and then like for a couple of years there, I just like sometimes made videos on my own, like sometimes made videos for random things. Once made like a series of vlogs that were like a daily vlog of like, spring break and then another one of winter break like my sophomore year of high school but they never were posted anywhere I just like sent them to one of my friends um and yeah like I don't know it was just like always a thing that I did but never like really posted and then I was like I'm gonna really get into this right before college like I want to get a nice camera with my like graduation money and you know like start a YouTube channel to document my high or college career and I did it and it started taking off way faster than I expected and like my second video ever like did crazy views and got me a bunch of subscribers and it just kind of kick-started it all and then now I'm here <laughs> it was because I think also reason that you prepared I guess that like technology and like just the random videos that you're posting like all your life basically prepared you for this this big successful channel that you have now and uh yeah now you're at it because like people who develop the channel straight off the bat don't aren't like they're slowly progressing because they're slowly learning but you I think I mean you're still like learning I, I wouldn't say you're not but like you already basically already all prepared so exactly I like a lot of the skills that people are still working to get sometimes yeah exactly and like that's I think that's what makes you made you very successful and like you could tell like you thank you experience with your first video already like you're already like good with the camera and everything thank you yeah you could definitely tell you developed like now from like their first video till now obviously yeah definitely it's just it's really cool the way you put your videos together and like speaking of your videos like you spend a lot of time like editing them so like how's that process like work yeah that process is actually pretty interesting so like you know, at different times, I would have had different answers. But right now, the process kind of looks like I have an idea for a video. And like some videos just naturally need to happen in my mind. Like, like the review of the Infinity Reacts, I'm going to really try and throw it together today. Like try and make it like a super cool video. Maybe it'll go out today. Maybe it'll go out tomorrow. But basically, what it'll look like for that is like, I'll probably go to my whiteboard because now that I'm home, I have my whiteboard back. And 
I bought this over like the holidays this past year and it was like the best investment. I, I love a whiteboard. Like, I don't know why it's just super satisfying, but basically I'll just go to the whiteboard and I'll draw out like my plan for the video. So I'll probably like say kind of like an idea of what I want the intro to look like, what I want the review portion to look like, and then what I want like the closing to look like if I need any special shots that I want to like go get, like go outside and get with like a tripod or anything. Um, like just depending on what I need and depending on what I already have in my like catalogs of footage with these shoes. Um, and I kind of just write out my idea for the video. And then like once I have the idea and like kind of the vision in my mind, which sometimes is like way more refined and sometimes it's way more rough and sometimes it comes out in the edit. But like, you know, usually I have some sort of framing in my mind. And a lot of that is just through experience that it becomes easier to not have to draw it all the way out because like I've already drawn out certain videos that are kind of like this, um, except there's like a different shoe, different experience. Like, um, but so then that'll happen. And then I'll grab my camera, probably drink a cup of coffee, probably, you know, make sure I'm full, make sure I'm excited, make sure, you know, maybe look in the mirror, who knows? Sometimes I'm, I'm looking kind of funny in my videos, but you know, maybe I'll look in the mirror, check myself out. Um, <laughs> but basically, then I'll grab my camera and set it up with some good lighting and then I'll start making the video and try and bring some good energy to the video and try and, you know, really articulate and make sure I speak smoothly. Um, and then once the video is done recording, um, I'll probably try and get a lot of shots within, like, you know, get different locations, make it interesting, figure out ways to bring some, like, some fun to it. Um, and then I'll import it into my computer and I'll open up Final Cut Pro X. Final Cut Pro 10, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I edit in Final Cut because, I don't know, that's just what I've always been editing in. And so I'll open up in that and then I'll just kind of get going on the edit and it'll probably take me like, it depends on the video. Like some videos these days, like I've gotten way, 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 way faster. And some videos will take, you know, like two to three hours. Lots of others will take like seven to eight hours. Um, but I feel like a video like this will, I'll assume will take me like three to four hours. Uh, but I, I kind of hate trying to think about the time they'll take me because it's kind of sad because I'm like, I'm about to sit here for the next four hours straight. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just try and do it as efficiently as possible to free up as much time to do other things, but while still making it like the best video it can possibly be. Um, and then once that's done, I'll probably like find a really cool frame in the video, uh, screenshot that or export it, export that frame. And then I'll edit that photo in Lightroom and like make sure it has these certain characteristics to look good for a YouTube thumbnail. And I'll bring it into Photoshop and I'll overlay text. I'll add some effects. I'll do a couple things just to make it look very visually appealing. And then I'll upload the video to YouTube and upload that photo that I just made as the thumbnail. And then I'll just think up some title that's kind of clickbaity, but kind of not clickbaity, but also informative and also enticing and all these things. And then I'll post it and then boom. Up. and that's basically my whole process <laughs> yeah, i'm covered <laughs> i've noticed that like as you got more subscribers like uh when you started uh like around the summertime you started like putting like this uh summer 2019 you started putting more like thumbnails that were like kind of like clickbait like you said but not really like you were actually telling the truth but like it was kind of like uh attracting more viewers and that's what really got you like more subscribers i mean you're always like gaining a lot of subscribers like faster than i feel like no normally i guess yeah but i think that's like a big thing that like it's because like you're telling the truth and that's one thing that i don't like about youtubers is that like they say something and they're like 
uh, their title of the video, and like it doesn't happen in the video, and that's when. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Let's call it Tyler Spears on that one. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. Tyler Spears is the clickbait king, but no, he also does the things. But sometimes it's a little clickbaity. He was a uh, another person that was on this podcast. But I love you, Tyler. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> gotta, gotta always tease Tyler no, I'm just kidding but he's he's also a good friend of YouTubers yeah. but yeah it's really easy for a lot of YouTubers to like super clickbait things because like it kind of will get views but also like for me I like to have it be the truth but also like the most beautiful version of the truth like the most romanticized version of the truth like like obviously like crazy or insane but like if you put those words in front of it like the amount of like a lot of YouTubers like take what they did and then just like completely throw it into like not a random word generator, but they just turn it into something that it never was. And like the thing that I kind of try to stay true to is like making a title the truth, but like the most romantic or beautiful version of it. So it's like it's like if I did a workout, obviously not every workout's gonna be crazy or insane. But, like, if I put crazy or insane in the title, yeah. then, like, the views, like, double. So, it's, like, the adjectives I use are the key. And so, like, it kind of just has to be that way yeah. just to but get more subscribers and get people to like, watch. Uh, <laughs> was it, like, a five-mile tempo in the rain? I don't know what you put in front of that. It was, like, insane or something. It was cool. Uh, it was nice footage. Yeah. I, like, I don't think you're wrong by doing that. You're. Yeah, yeah. See, like, I think the insane was, like, it was insane because it looked so cool in my mind. And it wasn't a five-mile tempo. It was, like, a 25-minute tempo. But, like, the five-mile – it was basically five miles. And I basically said five miles because it's just, like, more clean for people to understand. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, 25 may just get misconstrued. I don't know. Like, it just – certain things have to be slightly shifted Especially, like, to make I guess it work. Especially, like, <laughs> weird. completely know, like, about running, watch your video. Then it's just easier to, like, know, like, oh, five-mile tempo. They're going – yeah, I know it's exactly what you mean. Like exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, you know how to work yeah. the YouTube, YouTube game, and I feel like <laughs> other are like starting <laughs> YouTube channels, and I've been thinking Dude. about starting one myself too. Like I don't know, I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard because I'm yeah. going to college, and like I don't know what to expect off of it. It's hard pressure to being on the YouTube platform enough, and then to be in college running on top of that. But like. Oh, uh, like you, the athlete special, and Emma Abrahamson have like inspired me because you guys have done it and have been successful with it, and you've like proven that like you can make out a, a yeah, career definitely. out of this, and like it's like not just like a hobby anymore. It's like it could be a career. So yeah, like um, so if anyone like want to start a YouTube channel, like what are you is your advice to them? Yeah, I think like. My best advice is, like, I think, like, working to make content that you would want to watch is something that's really important. And it's, like, a lot – it's, like, something that I think a lot of people miss. Like, a lot of people that send me their videos to watch and stuff, um, I actually end up watching a lot of them. I may not respond, but, like, I actually pretty much read, like, a majority of my DMs, but sometimes I just, like – I don't know. Like, I I get bad about responding to things. Like, even in my own, like, text messages, I get bad about responding, like – I have like 250 unread text messages and it's not just from like a group chat. Like I don't have many group chats. It's really just like all my friends that I may have just forgotten to respond to because like, I don't know. I have this like weird thing where I get bad about responding. Anyways, that's a different story. But um, Basically, um, 
yeah so like the way that i would recommend is just making videos that you want to watch because like a lot of times i get videos and i'm like i don't know if you would want to watch that like the, the person that sends it to me it's just like i see it and i'm like i don't know if that's like would you watch that like because like even with some of my own videos like in the earlier days like i would really just want to watch my own video like when i'm editing i don't feel bad about editing it like i a lot of my videos, like my most recent one, the one in the rain, like I love, like I've it, watched that video like four times with friends and family. Like, yeah, I like making so videos. Cool. I'm comfortable like, I watching. I love the people. way it looks. I mean, it makes running look way more interesting than it is. Exactly, and so like making videos that you actually find interesting, and like videos that you would watch and you would feel comfortable watching with your family is important. And then, like, if you can hit that bar, then it's probably going to be a good video. And even if it's a good video, though, this is like another like asterisk, like even if it is a great video and you feel comfortable watching it um, and that may take hours of editing to get to maybe even days, because for somebody that hasn't edited much or not recorded much, you may have to work on filming again. You might have to retake the entire video. Like I've had so many videos I've just recorded, edited and then just deleted. I've never posted. And I think it's important to be able to recognize like when you're making progress and when you're kind of just putting something out um and so like but it is important i have to say to get something out as soon as possible like just putting something out is impo more important than perfecting it like don't get it perfect but get it like 90 percent. like you want it to be 90 percent, pretty much um um but then the important part is like branding it so like you can make the world's best video and if you put an awful thumbnail awful title it's gonna get zero views like that's like one of the most annoying things about youtube but also something that like if you understand it it can be so powerful for you because your video is great like your video can be great um but it'll get no views if you don't brand it right like branding is everything on the internet space because you really are judging a book by its cover like that's how clickbait works because it's like they're baiting you into clicking on it and then you're watching this video and if the video is really good like if they yeah. like David Dobrik is the king of clickbait and like the thing about him is like he's putting this crazy thumbnail and title up like something that you just have to click you're like no way that actually happened and then you watch the video and it has that but even more than that it over delivers and like he'll probably have Josh Peck in it or somebody else in it and some other crazy thing happens so like the reason why David Dobrik succeeds so well is because he's the master at branding he makes a video that you have to click on but then on top of that it overperforms, like it, it, it overdoes your expectations. Um, and so, you know, like I think trying to not be too clickbaity is key, but also just looking at your favorite YouTubers, thumbnails and titles, and then not copying it, but using their strategy. Like a lot of people's thumbnails that I've seen have just been like a photo of them with like normal text right over it, like Helvetica, not even bold, <laughs> Helvetica, like stamped right over top. And sometimes that works. Um, but I think if you look at your favorite YouTubers thumbnails, they're, they're going to look different from what you're doing. And so that may be a matter of like learning how to really use Photoshop super well. Um, and yeah, like, I think like I've learned how to use Photoshop like over the years. And so it gave me a good like leg up on making good thumbnails, but definitely my thumbnails at the start weren't that great. Like they were good enough to get views, but they weren't good enough to, where i'm at right now like i think my thumbnails now compared to like in the beginning are so different and like the one thing i can say is just work really hard on your thumbnails and study people's titles like just really study them like i i've spent hours of my life just like 
going through people's like titles and thumbnails and just looking at them and like looking at the words they use and the way they used it and like if they abbreviated things and like the way that they like use text to like convey a message about their video and like what their video actually showed. I don't know. I think there's a lot to learn, but like basically just make sure to make a great video that you like and then make sure you brand it well. And that's everything. But also consistency is really important. And especially for when you're starting, like making sure people know that, you know, my channel does have like a hundred subscribers, but I am going to be posting every Tuesday and I'm going to be staying like true to that is like really satisfying because it's like, a lot of channels with 100 subscribers may stop posting forever after like fifth video. Like there's probably a high rate of, you know, YouTuber burnout within the first like five videos if they don't take off because there's like this dream of becoming like a YouTuber. Um, and very quickly you can realize that yeah. it's not as easy as people make it look. Like, <laughs> um, um, it just takes yeah. a lot of like more consistency, like you said. It just takes a lot of videos to put them out. Like your first video wasn't the most viewed, or most liked. I don't think. So that's no, like, definitely not. Like, just <laughs> studying, like what other people do, like you said, David Dobrik is like one of the most subscribed YouTubers out there. So like learning from him, Casey Neistat, like you definitely yeah. have a style, and like that's really cool that you like take definitely. his like kind of idea, but you don't steal it. You take your own like twist on it exactly yeah when i met casey on the beach i actually like told him i was like yeah like you are like my inspiration for all this like like the reason why i'm here right now on this beach is because of you like i dropped out of college dropped out dropped out of college because of him yeah it's not directly like he said drop out of college it was like you know like he taught me how to make videos and the way that i made videos that led to my success which led me to be able to drop out um and like feel confident in that and like seeing he took an alternate path, it was also very like satisfying and like rewarding. And, you know, so like being on that beach with him, I was like, whoa, like you like really inspired me. And I was like, at the start, honestly, like I ripped off your video. Like I, I, I didn't rip them off, but like I learned how to make films because of you. Like your videos taught me how to make a good video. And like at the start, like I kind of was very Casey Neistat-y, um, or, like trying to be, but it's because like, if you learn to make a video, exactly how your favorite creator does it if you can do it the exact same way then when you figure out how to change that style and make it your own that's when it becomes powerful because like in the beginning it was very casey nice daddy but like over time and after making like hundreds of videos my style has come out of that because i didn't have a style then but like my style derived from his style like everybody there's no new creator like nobody does anything new these days to some degree it's like you learn from somebody you take inspiration from somebody and then you change it and shape it into your own style. So like, you know, like even Casey Neistat has a style that's very resemblant of Tom Sachs style. So like if anybody like goes and looks up Tom Sachs, like the, his like, I think it's called Tom Sachs, like bullets to guide to the office or something like it's like rules for in an office environment or, or in like a filmmaking workspace. I don't know, something like that. If you watch the video, you'll be like, that is exactly like Casey Neistat's style. And you'll realize it's because Casey Neistat like mentored or like he was like under Tom Sachs for a little while or was a studio assistant or something. So I don't know. It's it's interesting, but everybody seeks inspiration from somebody. And like it's important to derive your own style from somebody, probably like that's most likely what will happen. Uh, but yeah, I definitely 
Yeah, that's so that, really like, cool. Was, and took a lot of inspiration of, like, from you Casey. dropping out of college. Like, but while you were in college for that one year, like how? If you don't mind me asking, like how was like that experience? Yeah, um, it was interesting for sure. Um, I went to college with like high expectations. Like, I really was like excited to go to college. And I thought it'd be like a lot of free time and a lot of time to just like work on projects and do things I've always wanted to do and like meet a bunch of cool people. And once I got there, I went to like a pretty competitive college, like one that like a lot of people um have to get good grades to get into <laughs> like that's a weird way to phrase it but like basically they they like to do work like the best way I like to phrase it is like the kids there just liked to do work um and I already had this like little YouTube channel and like I kind of like you know I I made some good friends on my team and stuff like that but my daily routine became like very like run in the morning um go to class go to practice in the afternoon and then like um go to some more class and then like go to bed and like obviously like there's meals in there and stuff but like it became like just the core um because like I just ran out of time for everything else because like once all the school things were added in and like that was like the most simplified version but there's a bunch of like other small things I had to attend like a meeting every Monday and then I had study hall on Thursday and then second semester I had study hall every night and then you know like there's just like a lot of things that like I would say yeah. are like BS one may say um, that I had to do. Like there was just so much crap that I had to cut through to be able to like do my own stuff. And like by the end of the night, I just had no time. If I wanted to get eight hours of sleep, like I was not gonna be able to do anything else. And so at some point I decided to like go to class a little bit less and work on my videos a little bit more. Um, and then that led to me getting really, really bad grades. But I did end up making good videos and growing this channel. But it was, like, fun in college. Like, college was fun. Like, of course, like, you know, <laughs> there's, like, like some things I definitely didn't like. Like, I don't think I made, like, incredible friends there. Like, I definitely have some friends I still talk to. But, like, besides the very few friends I still talk to, I didn't make any, like, incredible friends. I didn't, like, do anything there that, like, I'm super proud of besides growing the YouTube channel. Like, of course, running did really well and stuff, but, like, I don't know, like, it, it wasn't the college experience I expected. Like, I think it's always romanticized to be, like, this super crazy experience. Like, you go to college, and you make all these incredible friends, and you go to parties, and you and you join a, I don't know, like, a sorority or fraternity or something, and your team is super cool, and you, like, become best friends with everybody on your team. But for me, it was just, like, like, I'm going to school. It, it kind of felt like boarding school almost. Like, I was stuck at this school, and the school, instead of being eight hours a day like high school, it, my school was the entire day, and I couldn't escape it because, like, you know, you're trapped there. And so I just felt, like, trapped, and it just felt like a lot of work was happening, and I didn't want to be doing the work. And I don't know. It was just one of those weird things. But um, I didn't have the best time there. Um, but now I'm way happier than I was there, and it's it's cool to see what I, everybody's I feel, doing there, yeah, but I'm um, glad that was, I'm like, kind of cool the way your life worked out, that like, you had that one experience you know, college, um, you know, so it's like, like, not like you missed out. Yeah, on yeah, like, exactly. Oh, experiences, not, not the best. I want to move on. So it's pretty cool the way you like put that, like you stuck through it, you went through it. And then like in the summer of 2019, you're like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then you moved on to living in a van and then you moved on to, to uh, Colorado. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I stayed there for about two months. Um, I and think that was the, really cool. the that content was you made super was, was super cool. It was like times 10 of what you already make, and it's already cool. It's so, 
nature and like all the things that <laughs> you're experiencing running there but like, tell us about like your experience yeah Colorado was really cool like it was the first big place I wanted to go and spend some time and I got there um and it was like fall time then and like I remember the first day I got there it was like 70 or no it was actually like 90 degrees and I was expecting it to be like so hot and I basically that day I woke up in Kansas City Missouri I drove across all of Kansas and then got into Colorado and drove straight to Boulder and once I got to Boulder it was like five in the afternoon I want to say and um I basically like typed in on my phone like once I stopped for gas at one point and I was like best places to run in Boulder and like it told me Boulder Reservoir and I was like oh sick I arrived at the Boulder Reservoir at like five o'clock and I was like okay time to go for a run and like first things first like when I got there there were just so many people out like doing their thing like at the park and like in times of coronavirus like it's crazy to even think back that there were just like it was just people like like there was just so many people outside having fun together and like so many people like just like having events and like on the reservoir like in their boats or whatever like it was so crazy because i was like everybody here is just like enjoying life like this is the coolest thing in the world um and so i'd start running around what i thought to be like the only little big old loop trail around there <laughs> and i bumped into a random runner and like ended up finishing my run with them and like it was just so like amazing like the mountains were around me everywhere and the air was so crisp and even though it was 90 degrees i like i barely wow. sweat because the humidity was like zero so like it just felt like a 70 degree day. It felt like the optimal 70 degree day, even though it was 90 degrees. And like, it was just so cool. And I was just like super special. Um, and then like after that day, you know, I like started living in my van there and I started making some connections there. I met up with Drew Hunter and Patrick Joseph for coffee one day. And, you know, when I was at coffee, um, we were on Pearl street, which is like the main street in Boulder. And, Basically, I was with them and I was like, so guys, like, uh, how's it going? You know, hanging out, like normal stuff. And Drew and I started talking about my marathon that I was training for. And he was like, so who's your coach? And I was like, I don't have a coach. Like, I'm just going by like the Jack Daniels, like training formula and stuff. And he was like, oh, Jack Daniels. He was like, that stuff's crazy. And I was like, yeah, it's really crazy so far. Like, uh, it's been insane. Um, and basically he was like, what if I coach you? And I, I, I don't know if it was like joking, like, it was like kind of like a joking, like, what if I coached you? But he was super serious about it. And I was like, no, like that would actually be like sick. Like I would love to get trained by you. And he was like, okay, sure. Like come over later tonight and like um, we can work out your training plan. Like we can talk about everything and think it out. And like later that night, like I went over to like the main 10 man house and, you know, like met some more guys because at the time I hadn't met too many of the guys. Um, and you know met some more of the guys and it was super cool and drew and i worked out my training plan and like started everything up with that and you know then like going he was like yeah you can come over whenever like um he like opened his house to me which was like super meaningful because at the time like i just got there in my van and like you know it was foreign and stuff but i ended up taking him up on like that offer like a couple nights when it was just literally five degrees outside so like i can't thank like drew and the 10 man guys enough for like opening up to me like in that way and you know, giving me the opportunity. And I ended up hanging out with them a little bit, having dinner with them um, a night or two. And like one night we went hot tubbing. I don't know, like I spent some time with them. It was great. Um, and I was getting the best running of my life in. Like it was incredible because like 
whenever I'd go run, I'd probably meet somebody or somebody would introduce me to somebody. And like, I just built this big network of friends to run with because everybody's a runner there. Everybody's training for huge things and it's like super cool. And so I had like a million training buddies and like I could always go to different trails. I started discovering new trails everywhere. And I made some friends with like other people from Virginia, like Rachel MacArthur. And, you know, like we would get coffee every now and then, do some work and like she would tell me about running places. And then I made some friends with some people that go to Boulder, like uh, this guy named Jack Sweeney. And so he ended up being my party plug a little bit but also like a really great friend that you know we went on band trips together to moab and stuff like that and so it was just like really cool thing where like i basically got everything i need being like super good running buddies super good friends and then like super good people to do anything with and like i basically just had like the ultimate experience where i was just able to go like run all day and make videos in a cafe all day at like my favorite cafe beliza um and then i'd be able to just like hang out at night and like hang out with people like austin stuff like that some people that, like the vlog never got to meet but like people that were like super important in my life and like that really had an impact on me um yeah so basically the podcast just cut out a little bit but that was a little bit on our side but <laughs> basically um yeah I, I liked taking like weekend trips out into the mountains to, like magnolia road and like all these different like cool running hotspots and it was super cool because like um i was experiencing running culture like basically everything stated and running with the buffaloes like i got to experience like um i really like saw mark wetmore like i didn't get to meet him because he's kind of like this mysterious figure like i i could have talked to him a couple times but i just chose not to um and then all these other people that are just like really cool in the book and stuff I end up seeing around or like going to the places they went to. Um, it was just like really special being in Boulder because it is like a hub for running and like everybody's a runner. And it was just, it was so cool. And I made such good friends there and I still talked to all my friends. Like I called my friend Jack the other day for face over FaceTime or just talking to the people that like, you know, I, I was friends with there and like keeping up with them. So yeah, I did. I loved my time in Boulder and it was really special. Yeah, that's so cool. And uh, would you say like, that's like, the number one like running spot like if people want to go to elevation to train is that like what you recommend uh i haven't been to flagstaff yet completely say but in america i think boulder is one of the top places like of course mammoth lakes has better altitude like eight thousand feet but i think that it's a smaller community up there and it's just a small like i think boulder has something cool to offer in the way of having so many different like things to do there on top of just running. And like, I think like there's really a cool town atmosphere there and Mammoth Lakes kind of has that, but it's more of a seasonal town because of skiing. Like in the winter, it's pretty much impossible to run there because it's like eight feet of snow. So you can actually live in Boulder and train there like full time. And I think that's what's special about it. I think that's similarly true with Flagstaff. Um, but I actually haven't been to Flagstaff yet. I was planning on getting down there at some point, but I haven't gotten the opportunity to, and I probably won't for a little while now. But I'd say in America, Boulder is definitely one of the top places that you should look at if you're trying to live somewhere that's optimal for training. Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. And, uh, like, how the marathon – you've done some really pretty, like, good training before the marathon. You put down a good time. It was, a, was it, like, 225, something like that? Yeah, 225.57. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty good for my first. It's really solid time. Even if you didn't like get the Olympic trial, you know, qualifying, that's still a really good. Yeah. 
so amazing. How was it like your experience like uh, training for the marathon? And would you do one again? Uh, it, so training for the marathon was great. Like it was really fun training by the 10 man philosophy and, you know, doing their type of workouts, which were different from anything I've ever done. And it wasn't different just because it was marathon training, even though a lot of those were because it's marathon training, but it was just like the way that they trained the philosophy that they kind of got behind. Um, like I really appreciated. And so I think the training itself was really cool and really gratifying. And like, it was a lot less based on just like running 120 miles a week and all that stuff. Like, like Drew was way more focused on like how I was feeling and like whether or not, you know, I was putting too much strain on my body and it wasn't really about the miles. Like he never told me go run 12 miles. It was more like, you know, run for about this long. Like it was like a 65 minute run in the morning and then like 35 in the afternoon or like a 70 minute run in the morning and a 30 minute aqua jog or something like that, where it was like just time-based. It wasn't like you have to go run 10 miles. And like, he was always like run as slow as you can on the easy days or not as slow as you can, but, like when I first got there, I was running sub seven on my easy days. And he was like, do not be doing that. He was like, I don't even run sub seven on my easy days. Like I run really, really slow. And at some point I learned what he meant because like all the training and all the altitude kind of caught up to me and it, it didn't catch up to me in like a negative way. It was just like some easy days. Like I would just take it easy and it just would be like eight, 10 pace. And I just couldn't help it. Like your body just needs to recover sometimes. And especially at altitude, you have to let it do its thing. And so, I don't know, it was really interesting, but the marathon itself was like really taxing the race itself. Um, I think by the end of marathon training, I was pretty just burnt out by, you know, running so many miles. Um, it just like adds up after like months and months and months of training and the race was huge and it was just a maximum effort. Like, like I just put out so much effort, um, that, you know, really kind of burnt me out for a little while just because it was so intense um, so I think I definitely will do another one down the road, but like for now, it's going to be a little while till I do another one just because like, I don't know, it was so much. Um, and I think I'm more focused on shorter races right now, you know, spending my time doing something a little bit less taxing on the body while I'm young. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the plan. That is, that is pretty cool. Like that, but you got to, you know, see the experience too, that you had and it looks so cool. Cause right now it's like my dream to do a marathon and everything. And like I'm focusing obviously like on training for college, college running. But definitely. The the marathon is definitely like where I want to get like to like my professional career. Like I want to focus on that hundred percent. Um, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, the way you, like, I know you're already cranking the high miles, so you're you're right on the track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cool and um like one thing that you need like a lot of is like shoes and all that, and like you had so many shoes. I think it was so cool. <laughs> the thing that nike sent you like how was that like yeah. how was that like feeling just getting like so many things from nike <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's true you do burn through a lot of shoes when you're training really hard and i didn't really start getting stuff from nike till after my marathon but i actually did get a lot of free stuff from like hoka before the marathon so i got like a couple pairs of carbon x's and i got um some other random hokas. I don't know. I got like, I've gotten a good amount from Hoka, but also like really Nike started picking up after the marathon when I started to build a connection with them. And that was really special for me because um, like working with Nike is something that I think a lot of people like aspire to do. It's like Nike, like it's the brand, like that's the brand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just get really excited whenever, you know, I work with them because it's such a friendly thing. Like, um, my connection there, her name is Stephanie and she's just like super cool, super incredible. Like 
like she'll like challenge me on the Instagram challenges that are going around these days. Like it's such a like friendly, like business relationship. And I would never even call it a business relationship because it's just like a friendship and she just happens to work for Nike and send me free stuff. (laughs) And so it's really cool because like, you know, getting free stuff from Nike is really gratifying. It's like, okay, like they see that I'm doing something cool and they are supporting that. But on top of that, it's like really cool to have the newest and coolest gear and like always be getting a bunch of cool free shoes that like, you know, I never have to really worry about buying shoes. Like I, I've really stopped having to worry about buying shoes or gear. Like I don't think I'll buy running shoes or gear for a very, very long time now because like, A, I'm getting so much, which is not a problem because I'm running through it like crazy. But then also like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just cool. Like, it's just so cool. Like I, it's, it's hard to put, like, it's just like, I, sometimes I, the price tags are on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, because it's not just your normal Nike gear. Like something that like a lot of people might not realize is like, a lot of this is actually like kind of exclusive running gear. It's like part of the tech packs. So like a lot of these are from the tech pack and like, it basically means that they're just like a little bit more intricate and like, there's something special about it in some way. Like the rain jacket I wore in my most recent video, which was like the five mile tempo in the rain, that rain jacket, when I saw the price tag, I was like, are you serious? It was a $200, like super, super thin rain jacket. Like it's incredibly light and it's super breathable. And it's honestly a really optimal jacket, but $200 is a lot for somebody like me. Like I just would not usually spend $200 on like a little intermediary running jacket, but I can't say that it's not like the, like it's one of my favorite pieces of gear that I've ever worn. So it's really expensive, but it's really cool to have. And such an honor to be able to wear it and like be able to get it from them and stuff like that. But yeah, people in the comments were asking about it. And I was like, I don't even know if I should tell you because like, I don't, like, I don't think, I don't think you're going to buy it. <laughs> it's like, so expensive. That's crazy. Yeah. I cannot, it was like 80 or something, you know? Like, yeah, crazy. no, exactly. Like some of the things I wear are just like, I feel so bougie it, wearing them. I like love it, but it's really like, cool. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, you know? Like you got a pair of like the good shoes, like Nike Infinity Reacts. You got yeah, I've gotten three pairs of those. Yeah. And then like. They've sent me some next percents, the like blue ribbon sport edition. Um, and then I was going to get the alpha flies, but half marathon was canceled, but I think it, they still may be coming. I just don't know when. <laughs> well, that is insane. And like, I just want to, I'm just curious, personal question, but like, yeah, will you be a like review on like, like the carbon X's versus uh, the Nike uh, next percents? Like, Oh Yeah. I, I think that's a common question, but I think the Carbon X's are just, you cannot even start to compare those to the next percent. Like the Carbon X's for me are a training shoe that um, happens to have a carbon plate in them. Like for me, they're essentially like a Nike Pegasus with, that happens to have a carbon plate in them. Like they're good shoes and I've done really hard runs in them. Like I've done some really, really good runs. Like I've done, I think I did my 20 miles at, um, 551 like in carbon x's um oh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah when i fell and stuff um but i would never even start to compare them to the next percents because the next percents are just so bouncy and so responsive it's unbelievable like i think they're in completely different classes like x whereas the next percent is something that i would definitely race in like i have raced in it i would race track races in it like it's an incredible shoe and Hoka actually is working on, um, I'm, I don't know if it's been released yet, but they're, they have like a special project where um, 
they're basically building something like the next percent. And basically every company is doing that at this point. The carbon X's weren't supposed to be their next percent. I feel like it's more like their Zoom fly alternative. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think Hoka is not there in the same way that Nike is. And I think that, you know, the performance on the performance side, Nike takes the cake. Like, I think yeah. I'd only be racing in Nike shoes at this point because there's such a competitive advantage to wearing the new Nike shoes, both the spikes that are coming out and the next percent that it's just, it's hard to rival it, you know? Exactly. I think, yeah, Hoka probably, I don't know, maybe the training side of it, but the performance, you're right, like Nike takes it on that one. Yeah, I think Hoka has great training shoes, like definitely for absorbing impact and like taking a lot of paint off the joints and stuff. Like Hoka has great shoes. I really do like Hoka's. Um, but the performance side is just unrivaled at Nike. It's really crazy. I have a pair of four percents, and like it's just insane when you put them on. It's like you feel like different. It's yes. Just... Oh yes, most definitely. And on top of like the Nike gear that you're getting, you like just recently made like your own brand. Well, not recently, but you've been working on it for a long time. I bet. Yeah, like... I've been working on it for a long time, but recently it officially came into existence. Yeah, and that is so cool. And it's called the Live Well Apparel. So like. If you don't mind, like, getting into that a little bit, like, what was your inspiration for that? Yeah, um, that actually is something that I'm, like, really proud of and, like, really enjoy working on. And basically, um, Live Well Apparel is my clothing brand. I've always wanted to make a clothing brand, and I think it's kind of hard for YouTubers to decide between, like, making merch and making an apparel brand uh, or, like, a clothing brand, whatever you want to, like, consider it. Um, but essentially, like, for me, it was, like, I could make running merch, but I don't really want to compete with Tim man. Like, it's not like I am like, I personally wear Nike gear when I run. So for me, I don't want to be making running gear that not necessarily that I wouldn't wear, but it's like, I just love wearing my Nike gear that I get. It's like something that, you know, I feel very fortunate to get. And I feel like I really want to represent them and I can't really print on Nike blanks. Like I've talked to Steph about trying to make some custom merch through Nike and stuff. But it's just a really, really long process, and I really will hope to do that at some point. But it's just a really hard process to get that done. Um, and, you know, I just, I just knew I couldn't do it in the way that I wanted with the running gear. And so I was like, I actually love lifestyle clothing. Like, I like clothing. I like apparel. I like style. I like design. And I kind of wanted to bring it all together into one brand. And basically, that became Live Well Apparel. And for months, I worked on the designs and worked with different designers and spent hundreds of dollars on different designs from different people. And I never enjoyed completely what they designed for me. And over the holidays, basically, my friends and I came together and I was like, I need to get this solidified. Like, I need to make this. And like Jake and I sat down and, you know, I, I saw three icons done many times, like in many different places. And I saw this like one three icon logo. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. But then I just like took that and then turned it into my own version. Um, and that's the three icons that Live Well is. And then Jake actually hand drew the three icons and we digitized those and we refined them. And basically it turned into the three icon hoodie that we have now, the Simple Pleasures hoodie. Um, it's the first drop. And, you know, I also like did a lot with like studying style. So like, a lot of times, like in LA, I would just go to Whole Foods. Like, this sounds a little weird. I would like go, go to Whole Foods or the skate park. And like, when I needed inspiration, I would just sit outside and like be eating like lunch or something. And like, not actually, like, I, I would go in to get lunch, but I would sit outside and I would consciously not be on my phone. And I would just sit outside 
and watch people come out of Whole Foods and see exactly what they're wearing or like at skate parks, see exactly what they're wearing. They're two different crowds, but I think there's a large intersection between the skate culture and then just people coming in and out of Whole Foods. Whole Foods just happens to be the one that I go to. But basically, I would just like study what they're wearing. And like, I personally like very minimal clothing. But I realized that like one great style is like a similar color embroidery on a similar color piece. Some people call it monochrome. But basically, that's what I ended up doing on this first drop. Uh, who knows what the next drop will hold. But right now, we have the three icons on a hoodie. And I wanted to get the best quality hoodie. And I ended up set it, selling on comfort, quali- or comfort color blanks. And it was just, it's just been a huge process. And like getting all together has been the coolest thing. And I bought an embroidery machine with my friend Jake. And like we have a supplier, my friend Matthew. And he's getting it wholesale for us. And there's just like all these cool working parts have come together because of my travels and because of the experiences that I've had to be able to make it. Like I told my dad one time, I was like, I was never able to make this design any other time than right now. Like, of course, like you can design things at any point in your life, but this design only came because of the experiences and the travels I had, because I hadn't refined my style to a place where I felt confident knowing that that's my style until this design was made. It took me so long to come to it, but like when it came together, I was like, I know this is the one I want. And like, it was just like a really gratifying thing because it's like the coming together of everything I've ever done and like taking the photos for it and making the videos for the product page and building the vibe, building the aesthetic was so important to me. And it really worked out super well. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to see it all come together and see all my passions come together really in one place. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's live well. <laughs> That all derives from, like, the YouTube channel that you just started, you know, not too long ago. And that's just crazy to think that, like, now you have your own, like, clothing brand, which not a lot of 20-year-olds can say. Yeah. <laughs> just so awesome that, like, you're experiencing everything, basically. Yeah, um, definitely. Age. That is that is so cool. And um, basically, you also, on top of all those things that you have, you don't mind me getting into a little bit, like, the podcast that you have, you, Zach, and Bashir. Yeah. And yeah just do that for fun right i don't think you know yeah we just do that for fun bashir and i can't make money on it because bashir's still in the ncaa and like you know maybe someday we'll make money off of it but um right like it's always just been a fun thing that bashir and i could do together like i've always wanted to like i like i always love working on projects with bashir and like i think a lot of people came became attached to bashir through the vlogs and stuff and so it was always really cool to be able to start this podcast with bashir last year in the middle of the school year and like we really just have been carrying it and it's really cool because it's just like a special time where we can sit down and spend an hour just talking about random things and like it's really cool how people respond to it because like if we don't post episodes for a little while which has happened between season one and season two (laughs) um yeah yeah, it's like people start to notice and like it's really cool to hear that because you know on some things like you just don't know if it's having an impact but like when you start to hear people say like when's the podcast going back like all that stuff like you know like it's having an impact on somebody's life and like playing a role in somebody's life and it's really cool to hear that because like podcasts are a weird form of like medium where most people listen all the way through like we see the stats and it's like 80 percent retention like the average listen is like 38 minutes or something like that and it's like wow people just listen to us for average of 38 minutes per listen like that's so crazy if even 10 people did that that would be like groundbreakingly cool like to have like 
people listen to you just talk is so cool. And I, I think it's really cool. And I, I really like it. And Bashir really likes it. And, you know, it's something cool that we get to do together. And, like, definitely love doing that with him. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Like, outside of YouTube, like, it brings the running community together. And just, like, everyone can, like, listen to you. And it's, like, really cool. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Your life, too. Yeah. It's, like, a deeper insight, you know? Yeah. Definitely, and like that's what I loved about like I listened to your first podcast, and like ever since then I've been listening. And like I was like, oh wow, this is like really cool. And that's pretty much I guess like what really made me like want to start my podcast was because I was like, oh like I think it's pretty cool like the way the community running community comes together. I would like to do this just like you know, I guess for fun. I like having conversations about running, you know, just conversations. I and like I was like, I think this would be perfect to start because I listen to podcasts all the yeah. time, and I think. I not start my own. Definitely. So. No, I love that you started one. Like, I think, like, it's super cool, and it's super cool to see who you brought on. Like, especially when, like, T- Tyler told me he was coming on, I was like, that's so cool. Like, because I'd known, like, you had DM'd me, and, like, we had talked a little bit, and then, like, it was so cool to see, like, Tyler, like, somebody in my life was going on to your podcast, and, like, you know, cool to see how, like, it all interacted, and, like, you really were bringing people in from, like, the running community, and, like, it, it's just, like, really cool, and, you know, I, I really hope this grows really well for you, and, like, this can always be a fun platform. It's always fun to look back on like conversations every now and then. So it's like, it's really special that you're doing this. Like, and I really appreciate that. Oh, wow. Well, that coming from you, that means like a world. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm Thank done. you so I'm much. And, you're welcome. And it's so awesome that like, um, that like Tyler is like a YouTuber. Like everyone's like, so like familiar with each other. And I also brought Brock on and he's not. Yeah. Familiar, yeah. You brought like, Brock on. Yeah, he impacts us with like the things that he does. Like you know, he's he's in a fitness you know industry and all that, and Definitely. like that still impacts running because of his knowledge. So I think that's just so cool. Definitely, yeah, and, they both have great impact. Yeah, definitely, and and um, yeah, you you have some cool friends. So. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed or enjoy them. Yeah, I I'm really grateful to have like the friends I have around me. Like they're always down to be making stuff and doing stuff and like feel very fortunate to have the friends I do have and like have made the connections I have made across the country and like really like so much I can attribute to my friends and like I'm always trying to be working with my friends because like at the end of the day like that's so important to me like to not just be working with different people that are like not not to say like in it for the money or stuff like that like I know my friends motives and like it's always good to be working with people that you know their motives and like it's really satisfying and like you know it's always just like fun when I'm doing things with my friends so it's really cool it's really really cool yeah and that's so cool and if you don't mind me asking like another um, question yeah really quick I was like you're I know you came back to Virginia like pretty much in a rush because like everyone's talking about COVID-19 I just want to like briefly ask you like how's that experience like been like like where's your van now and like so you're back home like what's gonna happen now yeah so i definitely came home like kind of in a rush like i knew coronavirus was like kind of going around and happening in in america like there may be like 100 to like a thousand cases somewhere in between that range when i left on my flight um and i was actually coming home to get my wisdom teeth out so it kind of was interesting timing but by the time it was time to leave it escalated so much that i was like yeah, like, I'm not going to be able to go back. Like, this is not safe to go back. And, like, the mandatory quarantines were not in place yet and stuff like that. But um, it was pretty hectic. And, like, I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to be staying now. And luckily, I left my van at my manager's house. Like, I spent the night at my manager's house before I 
uh, left on my flight because I was just going to Uber to the airport because I wanted to save some money on the uh, um, leaving the Econo lot because like twelve dollars a day and like even like even though like ten days is one hundred twenty dollars like it's like whatever but like I was like well worst case scenario if I do have to stay here like just in the back of my mind like that could be super expensive because if I end up spending a hundred days here like I don't want to just pay like a couple thousand dollars to the economy lot for no reason, you know? <laughs> so it was really convenient that I left at his house. Um, and basically the van's there, which is really sad. And I kind of want to, I'm encouraging some of my friends to try and take it out on a van trip if they can and get out of LA. But yeah, so it's there. I'm here. It's been interesting. Like it's definitely shaken up my plans and it's actually allowed for me to like open up to different business opportunities because now I know that I'm going to be stuck here for a little while. So me, Jake and Bashir right now are maybe working on a top secret project. Um, <laughs> and it, it's really interesting that we're getting to do this and it may shake up different plans in the future. Uh, but, you know, hopefully like eventually, like honestly within the next two to three years, you know, like, me and some of my friends from back home will be out in like LA or out in Boulder or out in um, NorCal somewhere out there and like all living out there. That's like the dream. And I feel like that's something that we all like envision together. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of, it's been cool because it's opened up to new business opportunities, but also it's been weird because like I'm no longer with all my friends out West, um, but I'm back at home with all my friends from, you know, high school and stuff like that. So it's cool. It's interesting. It's, it's just like a weird time. And, you know, I definitely miss all my friends on the West coast. Because I made so many incredible friends. Like, you know, it was, hard, it was like when I first got home, it was like, of course I have my core friends, like my core group of maybe like 10 to 15 friends that are like my really, really true friends on the East coast. And then I was just like, I don't like, I don't really have like that many friends on the East coast. Like I obviously have like a lot of friends on the East coast, but it's like, there's only a certain amount that are like the ones I'm like, okay, like I need to continually stay in contact with. And then the rest are just like people I see on Instagram. And so like, it's kind of like that. But then on the West coast, there's so many people that I consistently interact with, like that I consistently am keeping up with and consistently talking to just because I, you know, travel up and down the coast. And so it's like, it really felt like, you know, this time coming home, I almost have more friends on the West coast than the East coast at this point in time. And so it was like a really interesting feeling. Yeah. That's so crazy how you developed that. So yeah. Fast. Yeah. Wow. I've developed some, like, I think living in the van has made it. So like I've developed some really, really genuine friendships with people and like spent a really long amount, like a really large amount of time with certain people uh, that, you know, will build a super strong friendship very quickly. And like, like for instance, Baxter is somebody like, I think I built a really, really, really strong friendship with in a very short period of time. Like, of course, maybe like we only hung out for like a month together. Um, but like that month, it was like I was living at his house basically. And, you know, like we would hang out like many, many, many hours of the day. Like if he wasn't working, we were working on something together or like going on a hike, going on a run, doing something, surfing. You're showing me something. And so like we really like came into each other's life at like a time where he needed somebody because he'd been on his gap year and like nobody was home or anything and so like he'd kind of been lonely lonely and I also just didn't know anybody in San Francisco and like it was really convenient that we came together because like we mesh really well we have good ideas together we are always like thinking on the same page it was really cool because like you know we spent a lot of genuine time together and became really really great friends and we always stay in touch and like are always talking and stuff like that so it's it's really cool to see friends like that like emerge in my life and like uh how that interacts
yeah that is that is so like um i don't know like inspiring to see that how like people just like connect through that and like to see you do that like shows that you're not just in it for like obviously like you said like the money and like you just like are building genuine relationships you didn't buy the van and build it to just get views exactly on youtube you bought it for your for your own exactly experience. and that sometimes i've like almost done things that are against my career just to like like prioritize friendships um and like i think like that has come when i've had like a lack of videos it's just been because like i've been spending so much time with friends and like building really deep connections that it's like been hard to like even make time to make a video because i'll either be running or like uh interacting with a friend that i think will be like somebody like really important in my life or that'll be like doing something about doing something with and like i don't know it's just like it sometimes caused me to produce less because but it's been so important to do that for me that like i don't feel like it's a problem that i've like slowed my career at times to prioritize friends like i think that's always really important to be able to like have that work-life balance and like especially when I can be working all the time. Like it's really, really important that I like establish that for myself, but yeah. Cool. To your friends. Yeah. Cool. Oh, kind of in closing up, like if there's, you know, young runners and you're watching your YouTube and following your journey along, like what, what advice do you have for like just runners out there? Like trying to develop themselves. Yeah. I think that for like people trying to develop themselves, especially in this crazy time, I think like, you know, you now have, like, the opportunity to train, like, a professional. And I don't, like, advise that because, obviously, like, it'll probably lead you to get injured. But, like, with all this free time, like, <laughs> you can train at your max. You can recover at your max. And only if you take advantage of this will you be able to come out on top. And I, I know, like, a lot of coaches may not be able to give training plans and stuff like that. But there's so many resources on the Internet. Um, I'd say, like, just really try and get in, like, one workout a week at minimum and just keep the base training high, like get, get in good miles, make sure they're really slow. Um, be sure to include some quicker runs and some workouts to make sure you don't just, you know, train. Like I, I think that if you just run, like you're not going to make as many steps forward as when you're like taxing different systems. Like if you go for like a 25 minute tempo, kind of like what I did in the most recent video, like things like that are really important for stimulating, um, you know, your body to be pushed to a new level. Like it's, you're not going to just get better from running easy. The running easy is like a form of recovery, but it's also a form of like strengthening you. But then like the speed and the workouts and all those things are the things that are really going to push you forwards a little bit more. Um, and so just making sure that you get your miles in, get a little workout in a week, maybe time trial here and there, just so that you, you know, don't forget how to race. And so you can mark your progress with this all because like, it's going to be hard to mark your progress, like used to racing all the time. So try and mark your progress every now and then when you can. Um, but really just like staying true to yourself and making sure you don't skip days. Like it's really easy when you're training alone to be like, Oh, like it's late. Like, I guess I'm not going to go run. Um, but you know, making sure you stay true to your training and like do what you need to do and be aware of what you need to do is very important, but also don't stress it too much because we do have a really long time. So if you are feeling a little bit of an injury, feel free to, you know, take a couple of days off, make sure it recovers all the way and then get back into it because there is no rush to be training super hard. It's way more important to stay healthy th during this time. So, you know, be sure to be safe and train hard. Awesome. Thank you. And how can like people like continue to follow along your journey? Like 
other than well youtube you know like how can people like follow your journey like on other social media yeah platforms so on youtube it's zach levitt if you just type that in the search bar it'll come up on instagram it's zach.levitt and then the live well apparel instagram is live well apparel and the website for that the merch is live right now or it might not be live right now it depends on when this is posted uh but the merch was live when this was recorded and that's at livewellapparel.shop and that's pretty cool and then my podcast with bashir is at zach and bashir podcast or something like that on instagram it's it's linked in my instagram bio uh so you can get to everything that way um but yeah i'm i'm most active on instagram and youtube and then occasionally i tweet random things <laughs> but <laughs> my twitter is just kind of a random place to tweet random things <laughs> And a random like uh, yeah ad yeah kind of thing exactly. Like... And you also yeah Strava, I am on Strava. So I, I almost forgot about that. I don't, I don't really know how you find me. I think it's Zachary Levitt on Strava. Z a c h a r y l e v e t. Um, but yeah, Strava is always fun. I try to upload there, but sometimes my watch just doesn't sync, and I forget that it didn't sync, and then <laughs> it just yeah, one of those things. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. guys make sure you go subscribe and do all the things that he said follow him everywhere um yeah it's just awesome to to see you uh thrive and i can't wait to see you thrive some more so much thank you zach for doing this fun have a great day i'll talk to you soon thank you